All right, we're getting to the good part of the basketball schedule. No offense to Lindenwood and those those types before the Las Vegas tournament. Illinois has got some competition coming up. Maryland, of all people, might be good. They are much better than Syracuse, who Illinois will play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So it, but you know the Orange are a high major team. They play that goofy zone. You never know. But the real challenge starts at Maryland. And then next week, on a neutral at MSG against Texas. Now's the time for Illinois, though, to you know put together some of his better basketball. All right, that's Scott Ritchie. He'll break down Illinois' upcoming schedule. He'll give you his MVP candidates, and he'll tell you where he ranked Purdue and Indiana ahead of Illinois in this week's AP Top Twenty-five. All in this week's Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Uh, good Monday morning, everyone. Always uh, good to be joined by Scott Ritchie, who made his way back from Las Vegas. Took him two weeks. Welcome back, Scott. You must have missed where uh, I was in Evanston on Saturday. Oh, my football. there you are, talking football again. Uh, we have a special guest early on in this week's edition of Inside Illini Basketball. That's our Syracuse expert, editor Jeff D'Alessio, who, much like me, Jim Rosso, was a basketball beat writer back in the day at the News Gazette. Four years, long career. We brought Junior, which is his name, uh, into the studio to be grilled by Scott Ritchie because Junior is a St. Bonaventure grad, Syracuse native, and knows all about Jim Behan. knows all his dirty secrets. (laughs) (laughs) The ones that cost him 100 wins. (laughs) Well, he got to be the first coach to ever win 1,000 career games twice. He did, that's right. It took him a while to get to a thousand the second time. Yeah. We thought it would happen, but then Colgate beat him. I mean, I guess the big question is like, what is wrong with the Syracuse team? You know, so I think it's um, his best teams have have not necessarily been you know five McDonald's All Americans, but you've had one. You know, you've had one kind of go to guy, and even the teams that didn't have a McDonald's, they were you know you had guys like Tyler Battle. Um, or Jerry McNamara, uh, someone who is clearly, you know, an all-conference first-team kind of performer. They just haven't had that um, lately. They've had, you know, guys that can score, like his son, um, but were kind of one-dimensional. But, you know, the it, it, ever since the, you know, the Carmelo and company, the John Wallace and company, the, you know, Derek Coleman and company, they've always had kind of that one, you know, Paul Washington, um, Lawrence Moten, uh, one go-to guy. And they really don't now. They have the, as Jim and I talk often, they, they have a, another guy they beat uh, Michigan for in recruiting, and I wish they didn't, was uh, Joe <laughs> Girard. Who I believe in his last two games is one for ten and one for twelve, and that is against Bryant University, uh, which apparently is in Rhode Island. Did not know much about Bryant before this weekend. 
and St. John's where uh, Syracuse lost in overtime and gave up a career-high 25 points to Andre Corbello uh, at uh, Barclays Center. So um, they're 3-3, three and three and Syracuse never lost in November and December. First of all, they, they never played these kind of games. <laughs> you know, they played a lot of Bryans and Colgates and actually beat them by 30. But, uh, but yeah, it's just a... It's kind of lost their way. They're 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 um, you know nationally irrelevant. They're they're they become like Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. You know these teams Yikes. that have have kind of great tradition and not great lately. Six thirty Tuesday, uh, Syracuse at State Farm Center, where Scott Rich will be set up. Bayheim's Army is still pretty good. That summer team that he routinely puts out on the floor. He yeah, because all the older guys that were good that he don't have anymore now uh the current uh <laughs> crew is not not so good junior he he's really grumpy he more is. so than ever and he doesn't like the big 10 explain well he I, you know he is the one coach who you know no matter what speaks his mind and uh he was uh challenged on the idea that the acc wasn't uh, didn't have uh the type of season that people expected the acc last year and they said, look at the Big Ten, to which he said um, the Big Ten sucked in the NCAA tournament. I can't think of another coach other than maybe uh, Mike Leach, the Mississippi State football coach, who would say that at a media day event. So he is still, you know, you don't have to go through sports information to get an interview with him. You call his office directly and ask the secretary if, you would, if Jim Beheim is available. He's just kind of a, you know dinosaur in some ways but also uh you know someone who is a great quote and you know people that cover him not on a daily basis but uh deal with him fairly regularly seem to um get their notebooks full filled with uh great quotes so but he's he's uh his star has uh fallen a little bit um in Syracuse, my parents for the first time gave up their season tickets this year. Um, we had season tickets from the Manly Fieldhouse days, and they just didn't want to. You got to walk up a big hill to go to the dome, and it's, it's icy and snow, and just not worth it at 82 for my dad. <laughs> so that was kind of a dark day, but it's uh, they do not get 30,000 for marquee games anymore, um, even when you know the the cream of the ACC crop is playing there. so, And it's not even called the Carrier Dome anymore. Come on. What is happening? I mean, he's run out of sons to coach, so how much longer is he going to do this? Well, you know, so he said 2015 was going to be the end. They were Mike Hopkins was the, the coach in waiting, and I think he's like in his sixth year now in Washington. <laughs> yeah. So is he still Washington? Uh, for the time being. Okay, uh, yeah. It has not gone well. No. It, so I don't know. You know, I think he – he has kind of said that at this point he doesn't want to leave the program in bad shape. So, you know, I guess it's kind of your definition of bad, um, you know, I, because it's it's getting to the point where he's still able to recruit, you know, those kind of 50 guys, but not the top 20. And Syracuse desperately needs the top 20 to compete with Duke and Carolina and Virginia the rest of them. All right, that's editor Jeff DeLessio doing a great job with the News Gazette since coming back. Seven-time Illinois Press Association Newspaper of the Year. Uh, Junior was on the beat when Lon Kruger, now Hall of Fame coach Lon Kruger, uh, was 
was running the Illinois ship. Your thoughts on him getting that nod and celebrating over in Kansas City? Well deserved, you know. I don't know that there will be another one like him in terms of, um, you know, the success he had at multiple programs. What four, five, six? How many <laughs> programs were the? Uh, they took the NCAA tournament. Kansas State, you know, the Illinois, Florida, Florida. Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's you know, Rick Pitino maybe had a little bit like that, but um, but you know, Kruger a far um, classier. Uh, <laughs> Growing up a Syracuse fan, you do not like Rick Pitino, uh, kind of a scumbag, um, and his son too. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, well deserved for Coach Kruger. Um, you know, kind of did things the right way, and uh, I'm not sure gets enough credit uh, for kind of laying the foundation um, here with Illinois uh, with guys like Roger Powell and um, Brian Cook. All right, email him, jdelesio at newsgazette.com with your Syracuse predictions. Yeah, or <laughs> Rick Patino, if you're listening. <laughs> yes. yeah. And Junior, let this be known, he's he's turned down tickets to tomorrow night's game out of fear of a beatdown. I have. Yes. <laughs> no interest. Sorry. Unless I'm on the Syracuse bench. Thank you, Junior. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Scott Ritchie, who um, uh, just rolled into the podcast booth because he was uh, updating his top 25 story. That happens every Monday at the time we, we go live, 11 a.m., right, Scott? Any big revelations of this week's poll? Not for Illinois. Okay. Was number 16, still number 16. Still 16, okay. And that's fine. I did. I had them 15 last week, and I had them 15 this week. They... Beating Lindenwood, not enough to change that. And there was a lot of other movement in the poll, but there were enough teams that had better wins last week and maybe you know better wins total um, that, that jumped Illinois. So uh, including a, a new top-ranked Big Ten team, mm-hmm. Indiana had held that status, right. but Purdue is now number five in the country, um, got eight first-place votes, um, because they had two huge wins over the weekend out in Portland in the uh, PK-85, which is you know, the sort of celebration of Phil Knight. His 85th is soon, it'll soon turn 85, but um, great basketball in Portland, and you know, Purdue beat Gonzaga and beat Duke. So that's going to give you a huge jump. Watched a little of the Alabama-North Carolina game last night, played in front of uh, 14 fans. Uh, explain that tournament before I get back to Purdue. Uh, it seemed to jump out though with the quality of competition, but it also looked very dead. Yeah, I, I mean that was the at least the third day, not the fourth day. So maybe at that point, and you know, it was one of the last games. You know, just people are like, well, got to get home on Monday and for work. But um, it's the first time they've done this event in five years because they had the PK-80, which was celebrate Phil Knight's 80th birthday. Um, more teams this year. There was a, also a women's tournament as well because they had actually two separate um, tournaments, I guess, um, in Portland at the, you know, happening simultaneously because there's two arenas that are literally next door. Um, but it you get a bunch of Nike schools to come out, and there are a lot of good Nike schools. Um, so we'll see if they do this more regularly because it turned out to be, at least from a basketball quality standpoint, 
great weekend if the crowds maybe were a little rough at the end, but I don't know, like do it again next year. Like I don't know if you have to necessarily you know, number it because PK eighty six doesn't sound sure. quite as good, but you know the Phil Knight leg. I think it was Phil Knight Legacy tournament and the Phil Knight Invitational tournament or something. Like that's great. Like last week Feast Week, which really kind of started the weekend before in Las Vegas where Illinois played. Like maybe the best. 10 days of the college basketball season. That's what uh, separates college basketball with college football. A team like Purdue can uh, rise up to number four in a matter of a weekend uh, from nowhere. Football's a little more stubborn, plus they don't play tournaments. Yeah, can't uh, get two huge wins in uh, two days. But what a weekend for the Boilermakers. They wrapped up uh, their football championship. Illinois still kicking themselves. That three-game streak really cost them. Uh, but congratulations, I guess, to the Boilers. First Western. That leaves Illinois and Minnesota as the only two not to win the West. Right? Is that right, Ed Bond? You're our producer. You're supposed to know this stuff. With yeah, only one year left, basically. So maybe one of them breaks through next year. Could be. Um, although Nebraska and Wisconsin both made mm-hmm. legitimate coaching hires. Well, ne- Nebraska was sort of saw coming. Matt Rule... Um, they just had to figure out how much the Carolina Panthers are still going to pay him. Right. Um, but then Wisconsin was like, "Hold my beer," and pulled Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati. It's not huge. bad. At uh, it, again, kicking them this, themselves is the the best phrase because uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin aren't going to be bad for long. No, doggone it. Anyway, of course the the Big Ten will change so much in right. two years. Who knows what it'll look like? But anyway, we will stop talking about football. Because this is inside line at basketball, Scott Reggie, as I often have to remind you. Yep, it's uh, I do a terrible job staying on track. Back to Purdue basketball. How'd they get good, and are they going to stay that way? Well, Zach Eady knew him. Has been great. He had a huge game against you know, Gonzaga. Um, it was just there was a little question that was like he's going to play a lot more this year because there's really nobody to split the minutes with anymore, and he's handled that you know, really well. Um, kind of the revelation, in a way, has been Braden Smith, okay, um, the freshman guard out of where is he from? Westfield, I think, which is just north of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, was I think they had one pl- like service that ranked him in the top seventy-five, but I remember you know, at Big Ten Media Days, Matt Painter was talking about Braden Smith and was like, um. Everybody else that didn't do it, like, blew that evaluation. He thought that he could be really good, and he was, I believe, the Indiana Mr. Basketball. That's usually a pretty good sign that he's going to be a good player. Um, He's been great. And, like, Purdue's really big question was, like, who's going to run the point? And Brent Smith has been that guy. So, I don't know, like, Matt Painter's, good at what he does, so I, I imagine they'll be be able to keep this up, would be my guess. All right, Indiana hasn't stumbled. Illinois looked good against, I know it was Lindenwood, but doggone it, Scott Ritchie, they're good. Yeah. That's my assessment. And I thought the way Sky Clark and R.J. Melendez played against Lindenwood was important because R.J. Melendez has struggled through the first couple weeks of the season and just was fighting his shot, was pressing, um, taking some bad shots, 
was maybe not giving the type of effort you know Brett Underwood wanted um, everywhere else on the court, and you know they had a conversation about that, you know between Vegas and you know playing last uh, last Friday, and it clearly you know resonated with R.J. Mondes because he was much better, and you know even he said after the game it was like he realized that. You know, giving the type of effort he did to sort of open things up for him. Um, and then, you know, Scott Clark had his best game and really struck a balance between running the offense and also being a legitimate option in that offense, you know, as a scorer. And, like, the better he is, like, the higher Illinois' floor is, the higher their ceiling is, just because I think he could be really good. I mean, at one point he was a top 10 five-star recruit and like he got that recognition for a reason. You know, the ACL injury changed all that, but the way he flew through the lane for that dunk against Lindenwood, he's fine. Like he's healthy and he's good. He trusts it. He's confident in it. And if he can play at that level against better competition, like this Illinois team could, you know, I think really, you know, elevate even even more kind of where they are nationally. All right, we'll get into Richie's uh, weekly power poll before he, we let him out of the podcast booth. We'll see if uh, Sky Clark cracks that top three yet. But as a freshman class, certainly uh, uh, a solid crew, um, even when you talk nationally, I think. Yeah, and they're all contributing. You know, Jaden Epps has been, you know, a good scoring option. And, you know, he came in as a scorer, but you always wonder with freshmen, like, can they duplicate what they did in high school when oftentimes they were the best player on the court and that wasn't even a competition when there's better guys that they're going against. And he did it against teams like UCLA and Virginia. So I think that's a good sign. Sincere Harris playing really good defense, just giving energy off the bench, which, like, that's it's going to be his role and like he's embraced that. And then, you know, Ty Rogers has kind of had some foul trouble, but he still is that guy that can do a little bit of everything. And he, you know, he's willing to play hard and like, there's a, obviously a spot for, for players like that as well. All right. The fun part of the schedule uh, starts this week is, uh, as we uh, tip things off with Syracuse, six, three dress accordingly. Does that apply to media members? Scott Ritchie, do, do the media have to dress in orange or blue depending on where their seat is? I think I was told that I was in the orange section, okay. and then I told Kent Brown I don't own any orange, so I'm going to show up and not There's, that. You color. know, stores are open, Scott Ritchie, All right, and it, you're not showing allegiance because it could be Syracuse for all you it know. It could be. Right? This is the one game so where I could I wear orange or blue, and it, no one will know. But I will be color neutral as always. I'll be. It, saying, I, I, you will be able to see me on the TV broadcast because I'll be like the one person wearing some other color. Ed Bond, our producer of this podcast, he'll have orange on. He's got a great seat in front row. He handles the microphone where you hear the squeaking on, right? And sometimes the coach is cussing a little bit, yelling. Do you ever have to mute those, Ed Bond? Because Jim Beheim might be angry is what I'm thinking. Well, and I'd like to say because the Lindenwood game was not an Orange Crush game because they were right. still on break. Um, it was the arena. It, it's amazing how quieter the arena is without them. Right. Um, because I sit close enough where I can oftentimes hear what Brad Underwood is saying because he doesn't 
necessarily just talk. He yells. Um, I heard everything on Friday, uh, the good and the bad, and the really bad. Um, so I think he probably will be happy that the Crusher back, so maybe they can you know drown out uh, some of that, and I'm sure Jim Beheim will. We'll think we'll think the same, except you know, of course, when the crush direct their uh, antics at him. All right, before they head to New York City, uh, Illinois has got a tricky game on Friday night as well at Maryland. Remember a couple years back, I think it was also a Friday night trip to Maryland did not end well. Are you worried at all about that one? More so than I would have been before the season, because I mean, I didn't know what to expect of Maryland at all. I mean, new coach, you know. You know, a roster that didn't look particularly great, but they've played well. Um, ranked in the top 25, you'll have you know, a couple good wins on a neutral against St. Louis and against Miami. Um, and I, mean, I think it's telling that like their three best returning players have played well. You know, Akeem Hart, Julian Reese, Dante Scott. I mean, big, like, it's got some size there, too, but, like, their guards were the question. And, you know, Jameer Young was a Charlotte transfer, I believe, but he's kind of shown that he can hang at that level. And, yeah, Maryland's got a great home court, and, you know, that'll be a tricky start to the Big Ten for Illinois. How's your data doing these days? Oh, great. Good? Um. Now the time I can go out and grab a snack, if you want. Um, we'll just look at it in the context of the matchup with Syracuse, hmm. and how many more ways Illinois should be favored in this game. Syracuse is not. A Do you have a line yet? By the way, is it? Uh, uh, I'm guessing what fifteen. There should be one. That's my guess. Ed Bond, do you have a guess? Twelve. 15 might be too much, but I would be betting heavy on the Illini to cover. Anyway, back to your data, Scott Rich. I didn't mean to throw you off. As I, I threw you a curveball. Yeah, I was not ready to like right. look up a line. Um, in you know, theory, Illinois is like about a 12-point favorite maybe. Okay. That's just sort of based on the advanced stats. Um but uh, they'll cover. Betting advice with Jim Rosso. They will cover. I don't. I would have. I would have that at your own peril. I would have won a million on the football game over the weekend. Knew they were going to crush Northwestern. Northwestern was really bad. Yeah. Um, I need to start betting. That's what it boils down to. Let's just look at. Okay. This is this is barely advanced, but. Effective field goal percentage. Not to, if you don't know what that is, it's basically you know, there's a formula that sort of takes into account you know how well a team is shooting, how efficiently they're shooting with a sort of combined two point and three point field goal percentage with the three pointer weighted obviously a little more because it's worth more points. Um, Illinois, it's effective field goal percentage. It's 59.5. Anything over 50, great. They rank fifth nationally. Hmm. Syracuse, they're at, just like at 50, which isn't bad, but they rank 157th nationally. That's middle of the pack. Defensively, Illinois is holding teams to 
an effective field goal p- percentage. That's good. Top mm. 20 nationally. Mm. Um, Syracuse and its vaunted 2-3 zone ranks 161st nationally. Oh, what? Yes. You're right. Let me let me look up a stat that that you're gonna like. Oh, even more than what you just told me. Yeah, here it uh, is. This is too much. How about this? Please stop. Terrence Shannon Jr. <laughs> is okay. the is one of three players in the country. All right. At least this was as of Sunday, averaging twenty, at least twenty points, six rebounds, and three assists. There you go. Finally, some data that matters. Stick to the numbers, Scott. Ba- Scott Ritchie. Scott Beatty. <laughs> Scott Ritchie. Who are you, <laughs> Scott Boris? I wish <laughs> his ten percent would be <laughs> points, rebounds, and assists. That's what we're talking about. Those are numbers that matter. All they, right, they do, but there are other numbers that no. You can appreciate what a team home is runs, doing. RBIs, <laughs> batting average. Yeah, because batting average really matters as it's cratered over the last five years. You said cratered. I say Creighton, uh, speaking of last week, teams that caught my eye. I know they lost to Arizona, right? But yeah, I Arizona thought Creighton was, was halfway decent, and I really liked Arkansas. And that's Arkansas without right. Nick Smith, who was projected as like the top college player in next summer's draft, and he hasn't played yet. They also, I mean... That was another freshman guard in Anthony Black, who's been just as good. Really like, good. They get Nick Smith back. Like, okay, be interesting to see what they do. Did not see the Arizona Creighton game because it's past my bedtime. Well, it was late out in Maui. Yeah. Um, Arizona's really good. Really, yeah. Like right. to- Tommy Lloyd, this might just be a good coach. Yeah, because you okay. look at it, they lost three guys that were taken uh, in the top thirty-five picks of this past draft. Uh, Benedict Mather and Dale and Terry, Christian Coloco. Haven't really lost a sap. You know, Kirk Creasa is a really good guard. Um, is, has that swagger you want. Um, Azulis Tubelis, good big. But I think the most notable thing is Tommy Lloyd brought Umar Ballo with him from Gonzaga, essentially. Um, and he didn't do anything. Uh, Gonzaga for one year didn't do much last year playing behind Christian Coloco. Now he's like one of the best big men in the country. Um, they're good. All right. Power poll time. Uh, let's start with the Big Ten. Give me your top three teams through November. I guess it's based on how I have them ranked. Okay. It's well, then I Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. All right. Michigan State struggled a bit. They're injuring. They're hurt. Yeah, Malik Hall, like, losing him for, I think, what, three weeks? That's... I mean, they don't have a ton of depth anyway, just because they have ten scholarship players. And okay. Tom Izzo was like, "I don't yeah. want to deal with the transfer portal." So, like, they're down to nine scholarship guys, and Malik Hall was arguably one of their best. Like, Jay Nakins has also been hurt. Um, All right, Wisconsin got some good wins. Wisconsin gave Kansas a little bit of a tussle. <laughs> sure. All right. God, they just play such ugly basketball. Yeah, they do. Like. Other thoughts? I don't want to rank them. Michigan's horrible. They, I mean. Like legitimately horrible. Based, I know how much you love advanced metrics, but okay. based on so their combined offensive and defensive efficiency, they're the third worst team in the Big Ten. 
Nebraska and Minnesota mm. are the only teams worse. Right. Not and again, I'm not quite sold on Indiana yet. Maybe they'll convince me otherwise. Well, they play North Carolina in okay. the, this week in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, the last Big Ten ACC right. Challenge. Um, turns out, TV rights deals are going to influence a lot of yeah, this. Weird how that works. Uh, next year's schedule uh, without that challenge. Do you know what tournament Illinois is headed to? That has not been okay announced yet. They're not in the Maui rotation. Certainly, not, well, Maui's been announced, so they're not. Right. They're not playing next year. But there. there's no chance of. Uh, I mean, they're going to play one. Yeah. No inkling. No. No hints. Hasn't okay. even been any rumblings. Right. Um, I'd be curious to see if there's anything that replaces Big Ten ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, what conference would be in bed with them now? You think it'd be the Big Twelve, right? Who's sort of, I mean, their media rights are all over the place because it's basically they're getting the leftover scraps. But um, and then I think you know the Gavit Games, I think ran its original course this year, but since Big Ten and Big East are both very Fox heavy, um, I would imagine that they'll try and maybe keep that going. I was uh, looking forward to that schedule release. Go ahead and give me your top three line I'm here uh, leading up to the Syracuse game. Your MVP poll, if you will. Terrence Shannon Jr., number one. All right. Again. One of three players. Doing the things that you like yes. the most. Thank you, Terrence. Um, number two, Sky Clark. Hmm. That's a jump. I mean, he was really good against Lindenwood, okay. and we'll see if he can do the same against Syracuse. If he does, sort of solidifies him in that spot. Uh, number three. You go several options here, but I am almost inclined to take Jane Epps. Two freshmen in the top three. Well, are you almost inclined or are you inclined? I'm inclined. All right. Inclination. And, like Dane Danger would be like three B. Like he's right there. But I think Jaden Epps has been better than I thought he might. And like the coaches like talked up Dane Danger since January, you know, when he got here. So it was like him playing well does not necessarily surprise me. I mean, it's the first time he's ever really done it at the college level, but if they were high on him for 10 months, it was like, well, must be something to it. Um, Jaden Epps is just, you know, it's a freshman. You never know, but he's been good. All right. Again, fun week of basketball. Who knew Texas was going to be this good when you talk about teams making the pole leap? That's next week, of course, but yeah. if you really look at the Longhorns. I mean, I think I had them, I think in the preseason top 25, but. Uh, it, just after last year where, like, Chris Beard went so transfer-heavy and it didn't really work or as well, or at least as well as people thought it might. And lots of talent. We just never meshed. Um, they had a, a good mix of guys coming back, um, like Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Dylan Dissu, a uh, good transfer, and Tyrese Hunter. Um, and then, you know, two five-star freshmen, Dylan Mitchell, Arterio Morris. And, like, that combination has been better. What's your prediction record, speaking of better? Oh, uh, like four and two. Four. <laughs> well, sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> I had the Vegas games flipped. wrong. You had them wrong. Some would say so, wrong. I'd say <laughs> uh, flipped. All right, so you're picking Illinois to beat Syracuse in tomorrow's print editions of the News Gazette, available at 200 locations. Yeah, That's Syracuse is. How about the? Give us a clue on the Maryland game. Win or loss? What are you going to write beforehand? I don't know what I'm going to write beforehand, but as far as a pick, I'm still inclined to take Illinois even on the road against a 
better than expected Maryland team just because I think Illinois still has more talent. And talent can win out. Heard it here first. Uh, follow along with Scott Ritchie every morning at com. Good morning, Illini Nation. Great, unique content. Then all week long, he's on radio. When are you going to be on radio next, Scott? Tonight, Tonight. at the Esquire, 5 p.m. if you want to join him, talk some softball. Um, and then after that, I don't know. All right. Probably at some point during the week, but... Well, here's hoping Richie goes 2-0 and and gets that prediction record uh, back up and at him. Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving in Eureka? Did not go to Eureka, but I did what? enjoy my Thanksgiving. I I don't think I've had Thanksgiving in Eureka maybe ever. That's horrible. Why is it horrible? Because I always, that Rockwell painting of you and the farm, big, you know, overalls and turkey and that now, kind of thing. I mean... Don't have a farm in Eureka. I did spend several Thanksgivings on a farm, but just not in Eureka. I'll have to get to the bottom of this. It's disheartening information. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Scotty, look forward to all your basketball coverage coming up. We'll talk to you next Monday.